Coming up this week on S4C, we have got an absolute beauty for you on Saturday night. Chamdidno hosting Connors Key Nomads, two teams that should be fighting it out for the top six. Come the end of the season, Chamdidno, very poor start. Ewan Williams and a little bit of pressure as the manager, they've come good. Won the last two, so they'll be going into this game full of confidence. Connors Key under the big man, Andy Morrison, always a threat, promises to be a cracker. 7.30, Saturday night on S4C, join us. We're all going to be there. The A-team. Whoo! Jan did know against Connors Key Nomads, 7.30, this Saturday night on S4C. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace Now it's a long shot Welcome to the latest episode of the Longman's Football World Podcast. Today's guest, oh, he's been hassling me from the start. He's been cringeworthy, highly embarrassing at times for him, begging to get on the show, and I've managed to squeeze him in at last. Um, A man who started off at Swansea, that's where I first got to know him, breaking ranks, getting himself into the first team. Uh, Brief loan spell at Wrexham, moved to one of the biggest clubs in the world at Liverpool, moving on to Stoke, Obviously, Wales being a huge part of that that international side and, and the Euros, we get into all of it. And uh, good timing, actually. Had the chat the morning after he played against uh, his former club, the club that he says he loves, Swansea City. But if he really loved them, you know, he scored the winner and he was miles offside, then I think he knew it. So surely, surely if he really loved the club, he would have held his hands up and said, no, disallow that goal. But he didn't. So maybe that shows a little bit of his dishonesty. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a guy who, he'd be the first to admit, he hates the spotlight of being a footballer. So it was nice just to sit down with him, um, get him nice and relaxed, and just just two mates, just talking rubbish. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this conversation with the one and only Mr. Joe Allen. Here we are. Oh, he's here. Hey, the fans have been asking for this for a long time, mate. Welcome, Mr. Joe Allen. Thanks for having me. I say thanks for having me, but I've been batting it off for a while now, haven't I? Yeah. I've, I've said from the start, because um, you're one of the people that I fried your brain about the podcast quite a bit. You must have got to a point where you're thinking, mate, either do it or <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but I said to you, listen, Joe, I'm not going to ask you to be on the podcast. We're going to just buy that time, we're going to wait a little bit, and then when, when you're ready, and then I just got that little glimmer when we met last week, we had a coffee, and you said it, you said, you know, when are we going to do it? I latched on to that, <laughs> and, here and we then are. all of a sudden you got a little bit more, you got a little bit nervous, I think, oh no. Yeah, I think that's, that's the pattern really, good intentions, yeah, we'll do it, yeah, when, when should we set it up? A couple of days before then, always seem to be busy. <laughs> things to turn up um, but I can't get away from this one could I but I know I, I think I know you well enough to know when the time is right to push and when you just when, when the time's right not to push maybe and when the time is right because let's be honest you're not you're not the best at 
you know, making arrangements. You were never going to arrange it yourself, were you? You're I mean, very uh, indecisive. Oh, so indecisive. Um, yeah, planning. Not really my forte, must be said. I feel I've made some grounds with social planning. Make yep. an effort to to meet up with you. Probably you do it most uh, the planning in the end. I suggest it, you plan it. That's sort of how it's worked and uh, that's great for me. No decisions necessary and uh, just time and place. Who's the decision maker in your life then? Definitely Lacey, <laughs> the other half. Um, mind you, I don't think she's the greatest either. So between <laughs> us, between us is... Uh, you yeah, like keeping yourselves to yourselves, don't you? you? Yeah. The truth is you don't want to socialise. Not really, like socialising, I enjoy it when I do it with, you know, my close friends and family, um, but it's a chore. I have to think, right, it's time It's time to socialise now, maybe I should leave the house today, that sort of thing. So, classic example of Lacey and Alfie, or maybe away for a couple of days, down south or in Mallorca, it's, I will not leave the house. That's. <laughs> do you think that's what football's done to you though? You know, and I don't mean just you, because I've, I've had it. I've had it. I've been, whichever club you play for, when things are good, obviously it's nice to get a bit of attention and fans want to say hello. But oftentimes, you, you don't want to have that conversation with every single person that you come up, you know, that you that you see. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's, it's one where, yeah, if you think I'll just go, I don't know, to a cafe or a, or a bar on my own, that's just... That's just not in the equation for me. Um, yeah, people are always friendly. Um, yeah, but yeah, I like to keep myself to myself. I think probably scarred from my Liverpool days where that's a city where you can't go anywhere without it being, you know, relentless, intense. And I think, um, yeah, that's probably where the sort of private side has developed more and more. Why do you, why do you think Liverpool's different? Because, you know, you see... Not just Liverpool, Everton, the fans there, they're like proper people. I, I love the people of Liverpool. You know, there's a, there's an edge to them. They're honest, hard-working people. But when it comes to football, they're ruthless, aren't they? They, they have an expectation of, of what they want to see from their team. And if you don't if you don't live up to that, they, they do not mince their words. No, exactly no. You, they, like you said, they don't mince their words. They, they tell it how it is. And I think... It's just a city that lives for the football. When I first signed there, obviously played at Swansea, who were a club that had come, you know, they'd come through the leagues. And, you know, now obviously the football is a much bigger part of that city, but it, it wasn't in particular. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm in Liverpool, where it's everything, you know. The biggest thing that hit me is, you know, obviously lads that are a similar age that play the game, whatever you expect. You know, you expect them to know the ins and outs of, of everything. But, you know, you'd see old ladies would want to know everything about the club. They'd know the latest news, the latest gossip, the rumours. Yeah. You know, it just hits you that, wow, yeah, these people, they live and breathe, yeah, the game. And I think because of that, when it's good, it's great. Obviously, a bad bad result on the weekend and all week, that's that's at the front of uh, of everyone's mind. Would you have known that going into signing for Liverpool? You obviously would have been aware how big they are as a club, their history, this and that. But sometimes it's not it's not till you arrive somewhere and maybe have a little bit of bad times that you think, oh my God, this is this is different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that the summer I signed was it was a crazy summer because just had the first season of Premier League with Swansea went so well. Um, and then it was the Olympics where that took up all of the summer and took up most of pre, you know, where I would have been training pre-season at Swansea. Um, and then the Liverpool thing, it had been, you know, it had been ongoing, but all of a sudden it happened. I remember, I think I trained, I think only two days with Swansea with Loudrop and the and the boys, and it was like the deal could be imminent. In, imminent. Uh, pack a bag in your car. And I remember having a call, so straight from the training ground, it was like go, going up to Liverpool. So I didn't have that much time to really, really think about everything that come with it. Um, one of the things that sticks with me 
which is it's quite comical really is um so we traveled up to liverpool swansea had given us permission but i hadn't signed or you know there was still a lot to be sorted out so i wasn't a liverpool player at this point and i remember turning up at the training ground and turning up at melwood obviously a different level to anything i'd had at experienced at swansea and uh went through reception doors and there was a full camera crew there you know there was no warning it was like they were following me around everywhere and i was thinking wow this is so far outside my comfort zone right now um they're obviously doing the bit they were filming being liverpool at the time um nobody had told you no so that was just the, i think it's expected at a club like liverpool that that sort of thing is gonna happen so i'm trying to discuss you know personal terms I'm still a Swansea player there's a point where the deal was potentially off and they're filming they're filming us discussing it and ah and I remember thinking yeah this is this is obviously one of the big differences a club like Liverpool these are the sort of things you have to you have to learn to deal with and I think to be honest it, it hit me for six at first I guess these days more more so I know there's not that much time since, since you signed for Liverpool but in the grand scheme of things, how how time has moved on in that period for like social media. So you would probably sign for a club now and expect it. It'd probably be an in-house camera crew. Yeah. You know that this thing's going to go uh, on social media. Like Sam Ricketts getting the Wrexham job. And all I saw was him, him and his big nose <laughs> in the middle of Wrexham's pitch, like a camera zooming on the pitch, on the pitch, on the pitch. Next minute it was on his face and he's saying, Ricketts is the name right <laughs> and i'm thinking oh my god sam what is going on here mate yeah, so, but, but it's so it, it is the norm now more than it was back then but still for you it wasn't in-house club you know this was this documentary that you you tell me mate i i think it stitched you up <laughs> in terms of brendan with the welsh javi and this and that it, it almost gave fans a stick to beat you with from the get-go yeah i mean you're going to get compared to a great like that. I don't think it's going it's to end well. Brendan. Yeah, he's Why? Good, good intentions, but... Yeah, he, even, just, up, he? even just, you see, like, I look about 12. <laughs> Skinny little frame. Sort of, he's got his arm around me. The Welsh Javi shout. And then, you know, a couple of months in, I'm not playing well, I'm struggling. It's like, that ammunition... Yeah, it was there. And that's the, the social media world this day. I think in previous times, you know, pictures, things people say, whatever, they, they sort of, they come and go, they disappear, but now they're there forever. Mm. I mean, whatever I do now in my life, even probably beyond football, the chicken and egg magazine picture with the chicken, that's with me. <laughs> the, the noddy, the legendary noddy one. What was the noddy one? The one where I cut my head. And obviously, yeah, got a yeah. big bandage. I sent you one the other day, didn't I? Yeah, that one resurfaces probably <laughs> most often. I mean, that was a talk about a bad day. So, we're playing away at Sellers Park. Um, I've got elbowed in the head. Uh, so, we're 1 0 up, elbowed in the head, a big gash on my head, obviously bleeding, got to change of shirt. I'm off the pitch to get treatment. They're putting some device on my head, which they're saying they're even warning me. Listen, it's a complicated one. It's gonna look a bit stupid. I'm gonna just get me back out there. Then Palace score while I'm off the pitch. Yeah. So it's almost like, oh, of course. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. So anyway, was this that fateful game? That no, it wasn't that, that fateful. It was the next season. But um, again, it was like <laughs> I had this contraption on my head then running down the wing it just popped off yeah and it was like oh God. so i had to go back off get another one um that looked even worse uh, i went from looking there's a picture the first one i looked like coolio <laughs> so i went from looking like coolio to looking like noddy real fast um you know I'm going to use those photos to, to advertise this podcast. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. You have to. Everyone's got them. I'm just, no, I don't think there's any point. But you, how often do you get elbowed, mate? Because oh, I've got loads, so many screenshots. Usually it's it's Fellaini. Yeah, that's with the... big, long, gangly <laughs> arms. Like, so often. It, it, it's yeah. got to be a height. You know, yeah, the height doesn't help me. That's 
that's where you give Fellini the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but is that is a big theme. Ashley Williams recently did like a montage of every time I've played Fellaini and there's a picture from every game where it's just me getting bugled. Yeah. And I worked out, I think I played him recently and I didn't, but he's drawn blood every time we've played. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those things that <laughs> seems to happen to me. Um, but getting back to the Noddy, so we lost that game and then... I must have had about eight pictures instantly come through of like the noddy picture, like I don't know, Sport Bible, whatever was like running it. I was thinking, I've got ten stitches in my head. <laughs> We've lost. Mm. It's been the shenanigans of all this, and now, um, yeah, just in the world of football, I, I'm getting mugged off as well. So, uh, what a what a day at the office that turned out to be. But it probably, it, you know, you come full circle. It all blends in together you're talking about occasionally you'd only not that you don't want to leave the house and you're a proper recluse you know that's not it's not giving people the wrong impression yeah it's not to that extreme but you know often it's on your mind oh, do i really need to go to this place or this place um and it's because of social media you know it's it, it's a massive factor changing from maybe if you played 20 years ago and you there weren't these cameras going to be in your face and you knew you're going to get recorded if you took a shot of tequila or whatever it's, it's, it's just different, isn't it? Uh, it is a different world. I think I've been... So I think about when I was first coming through at Swansea, we'd do a Christmas do, for example. We'd do the great... We'd do the fancy dress. We'd go around the heart of Swansea. Um, yeah, we'd be boozing. We'd be dressed up, like, in all sorts of things. And that was just fine, you know? Everyone had a great time, whereas now that's... You know, if you if you were dressed up, like I was dressed up as a pimp one year, mm. if I dressed as a pimp and then I have a shocker at Anfield, you know, that's, again, you know that's going to get used against you, which I think as I've got older, you realise, well, so what? you just got to deal with it and you've got to, you know, you've got to have thick skin, you know. I think, but as a young lad, I think you used to take everything maybe too serious, too sensitive. Um... The knock-on of that is then it affects your confidence out on the pitch, and then yeah, that's that's where it's a it's a problem. But social media one, it's it's a hard one. I I, I still can't get into it. You know, I, I every now and then I think I need to get with the times. Basically, you know, I might set up a Twitter or I might set up an Instagram. I don't not tend to last long on there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. A little um, stalker, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah, when I go on there, I'll sort of be anonymous. The way I describe football, it's funny because everyone has different motivations, but for me, if I could play football under like an alias, that would be the dream. So you go and you play, and then once the game's done and you move, uh, yeah, and you come home, it's like if people didn't know who I was, that's for me, that would be the, the best scenario, which is strange, I suppose, in, in some ways, but that's that's there's no getting away from that's That's... It comes down to personality as well, doesn't it? You know, you're talking about that as, as an example, you know, as opposed to being the footballer who likes being a footballer and, you know, likes that people have seen him play on a Saturday, uses that to his advantage, whether it's going out, getting tables at restaurants or, or, or what have you. And social media, for the, for the same reason, you know, you try, try and describe Instagram, for example. Instagram is just showing off. You know, and yeah. that's probably not you. Like Instagram now, I, I honestly think it probably wouldn't have been for me when I was playing football either. Like, you know, a little bit more private person and getting to a stage where, whether it's for a podcast or this or that, and you're thinking, you got to put yourself out there and it's just showing off. That That's all it is. Yeah. And that's not you really. No, well, it's, it's this is the new, the new generation really. I don't know what you put it down to, the likes of... I don't know. I think it's an Amer in America. It's it's more of a natural thing in their sporting culture. You know, you tell everyone how great you are, you build yourself up, and then if you deliver, yeah, you're the man. So the likes of Mayweather is an example. Um, you know, where it's all about showing off about how good you are, splurging, showing everyone how much money you got, and all that. Which you see, it, it's it's coming to football really, and. Probably, 
really resented it at first and just couldn't understand, especially the younger players. But I, I, how I see it now is they're their idols and they're influenced by it. Yeah. But what I can't, you know, what's new these days is, yeah, it's just people bragging. It's people talking. Like you said it's uh, self-promoting. Um, that sort of thing goes on a lot. I think people are very more they're quite savvy with PR how they come across I always, yeah I always feel like images like, that didn't exist 10 years ago when I was coming through like yeah, people Tron, Tron's got his, his image right at Swansea yeah LT10 yeah LT10 it was huge and obviously it, that was just no one really understood it no. or or the angle but these days that's that's yeah that's common do, do you know like I'm, t- I'm, th- I'm thinking back now to when I played if Instagram or, or yeah Instagram is, is probably the main one that I enjoy doing now. If that was around, I wouldn't have wanted to put a picture of myself playing football for reasons, I don't know, not wanting that stick to beat me with, oh, look at this guy, and then he goes out on a Saturday and plays shit, or he's not even in his team, yeah. or something like that, you know? Come in, Lucy. Come I've in. got a little intruder <laughs> mid-podcast. Come and give, you, come oh. and give him a kiss. See you later. See you, Lucy. Um, that's always going to happen just for people listening so they understand the situation right now I've got a lot of work going on in the house so we are currently in a motorhome uh, beautiful doing motorhome this, doing this podcast which you away from the noise for a few weeks so uh, Lacey just burst in there just burst in through the doors gave you a kiss even though we'd... nothing for me no nothing and clearly knew we were doing it in here I thought we made that point <laughs> Very clearly earlier, but um, just wanted to say goodbye, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I think the irony of doing it in motorhome is quite good at the moment because the "Where's your caravan, Alan?" is like quite a common shout. So here it is. This is where it is, parked up outside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where so were we? I've had the life of having a caravan on my back, but like talking about social media, I wouldn't. I would not have wanted to put pictures of myself up. But but now that I've finished playing, um, we're talking about photos the other day I, I had a day off the other day i spent an hour usually i'm five minutes in a bath like i always like the idea of going in a bath but i do it too hot so once i'm in there i last five minutes <laughs> gotta get out this one i judged it perfectly the temperature kept topping it up with hot every now and then i was in there for an hour like a prune because i was on my phone <laughs> going through old dave rawcliffe his old propaganda fo- photos the archives and like knowing which well squads i was in and just searching for myself, you know, the ego to do that, screenshotting everyone. But like little pictures where Gary Speed maybe is, yeah. is giving a team talk or Chris Coleman, stuff like that. I love it now. Yeah. And I'm going to use the shit out of it. Yeah. You know? But yeah, there's, it's there's weird, that, isn't it? Yeah, but there's that. There's, yeah, that's not so. I think mean, that's ego driven. I think that's just it's nostalgia as well, isn't it? You know, you forget, you know, you see these pictures. You sent me one, obviously, of me. With the baggiest jumper I'll be using that we've ever seen. Well, because I sent it to you, you wanted it. Where's that gone? A couple of group chats. Yeah, that's gone. Like, it's actually. <laughs> I'll try and keep this short, but on the bus the other day. Hey, we've got time. Coming back, yeah, we've got plenty of time. Coming back from the game the other day, um, there was a few in our Stoke group. There was a few pictures going in, sort of old pictures of the lads. Yeah. And then uh, one of the lads, I would say, who one of the young lads came under some serious heat. Yeah, got some some life lessons told to him in some uncertain terms from a senior player. Probably been coming to be honest with you, um, but then just the tension of the situation was was unbearable for me. So I thought this could be this could be my moment to defuse the situation, and then that's where it just just got dropped in to so change the subject. So using your experience just to calm things down because things are getting <laughs> things are going a little bit far, are they? I just think even if it, if the heat's not on me. I just, just can't bear to be in in that situation. So um, yeah, that picture got dropped in, and I think um, how would we describe the picture? Very fresh-faced Ooh, Joe yeah. Allen. Yeah. Uh, looked about, I would say about fourteen. Yeah. And we worked out it was, I think I was nineteen, maybe even twenty. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think for anyone who might have the chance to see that picture, the the beard and longer hair might make might make more sense now. Uh, and you were also 
you know, showing off your, your tremendous physique back then while wearing a tent with a Welsh with a Welsh badge on it. I mean, it's, a, it's so blousy on the got to be an issue on the arms. Yeah, it was. I think even now it's sort of. I mean, Chesie saw me play. James Chester saw me play a game of the day, and message after the game was size down in the shirt, Joey. <laughs> a little bit baggy, was it? <laughs> Still having these issues. It's just. Yeah, when you've got my frame. Um, Stoke's known as a windy ground as well, mate. You don't want yeah. a baggy shirt to just <sighs> pull in your back. No wonder people are saying you've got a caravan on your back. There's been a few... Well, it's exactly. It's a parachute. It's, it is a parachute, and there's been a few times where I might get played in on goal. Ten-yard head start, but if the wind's against you at that ground, they're catching me, mate. So, um... You, you mentioned the beard and the hair. That's a big factor. We, we spoke about it before, and we... It's big, probably a big factor for you, like... I feel, you know, when you go fancy dress and you you put a mask on, you just feel um, you feel like a d- different person. You feel incognito. You you're undercover. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> is that is that what it's like for you to hide that little was, baby face? Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of so not this summer. The summer before, I, I sort of I thought I'm gonna go short. It's summer. Let's do it. And I whipped the hair off and. I mean, sleepless nights followed. <laughs> you know, the anxiety of losing that hair was was lesson learned. So never again. I think this is this is permanent now. And uh, likewise with the beard. In this summer, I had the clean shave for the first time in years, and you know, look, what can only be described. I think the Stoke sort of team picture this year, the individual photos. It's sort of seventeenth century poet. <laughs> look look about me so um yeah, all lessons learned but i think the scruffy hair and beard it's probably if, the best i can work with imagine if beards hadn't come back into fashion for you oh my god oh my goodness what would i do big trouble yeah you know you, your nose then is accentuated is that, <laughs> is, that, is that the right word i think it is Not and far off, is it uh-huh. no it's, it's and then you is. end up looking like sam ricketts in the middle of the race course, saying Ricketts is the man. Ricketts is the man. I haven't actually seen that. I'll have to see it. He is, he is the man at the moment, is don't the man, he? Is he? What can you say? Your old club, he mate. He backed himself. Your old club, eh? People always say, oh, yeah, Joe's played for Wrexham. What did you play, about four minutes? I played two matches. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think I've heard that Wrexham, that's where he pl- like where he learned his trade. You know what I mean? So... Um, a good story actually from Wrexham going to your wedding as it goes um, there's a link for you um, me and Lacey were in a taxi uh, obviously not far from Wrexham where you got married and uh, the taxi driver was telling me got onto the football chat didn't know who I was he was telling me how we nearly had Joe Allen um, 50 grand um, this that the other he was going to sign and I thought well this is this is news to me, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, so that situation of being told by a stranger complete lies uh, it was, was was quite enjoyable. But, um, no, it's, uh, it, I had a really good time. I wasn't there long, two games. Um, yeah, but, you know, you know, I know. And also, you know, you're showing how you don't like showing off. You, you don't want to talk the, in those two games. You scored a belter, didn't you? If you want to talk about it, yeah, I mean, it was a good goal. It was yeah. a yeah. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it'll be on there somewhere. I'm well, sure. Keep, not like I not, not like it. I know. You describe it. I'll it. try and I'll try and find it. Okay. Um, so it's one where I picked up the ball. I think I played a one-two. Yeah. Um, got it out of my feet. And and put it in the top corner. I mean, it's probably to date the best goal I've scored. So. You probably, you, you probably don't know who you played a one-two with. You probably don't remember your teammates from back then. <laughs> hey, back in the day. Uh, lower leagues. Neil Taylor was, was the skipper. He had the armband. He really? even scored in that game as well. So, what a day for the Boyos. Um, York City it was. Uh, yeah, an interesting day. Uh, remember it. So, I had a call from Martinez to say... Wrexham want to take you on loan and Dean Saunders was linked through the Welsh setup. Yeah. So he obviously knew me. 
Um, and it was, I don't want you to go, but it's up to you. And it was like, I want to go. Which, looking back now, was quite defiant, really. Um, when, you, when you're, I think I was 18, your manager's telling you, don't go, but you have the op- But at that age, you just want to play. I wasn't playing at Swansea. Yeah, I wanted to wanted to go and play. So um, all happened quick. I remember the day Dean Saunders came down. Uh, me and Chad Bond actually went at the same time, uh, and we basically just had stand-up com- comedy in the car the whole way up with Dean Saunders. Who, Dean took you out. Yeah. So he he, Pedge. So he was a physio rex, and he's actually working at Stoke now. He was the um, he was driving, and Dean Saunders was just on the half turn the whole way. Telling funny stories. Looking back at the boys, yeah. Which, yeah, which was just, you know, I mean, me and Chad are sharing glances as if to say, like, this is, this is comedy gold. Um, and then I remember we got we got to the training ground and it was like, straight across to the stadium, all in the same day for for that match. And one of the things I remember was got in the got in the dressing room, and uh, Dean Saunders was was taking the team talk, and their policy at the time was shirt and tie, but your own you know, your own either suit or jacket, whatever yeah. you had. Um, so anyway, he's mid-team talking. You can just see he's just he's distracted. <laughs> You're almost going like, what's, what's, what's wrong with him? What's, what's bugging him? And then he's had to stop mid-team talk and go, he turned to one of the lads and said, you're going to have to take that jacket off. It was, I think it was Wes Baines, if I remember correctly, but he had like a leather jacket on. It was a very risky look. He obviously was... Yeah, he fancied himself as a bit of a fashion guru and uh, yeah, Dean sort of had to cancel the team talk. He couldn't concentrate. He could not concentrate. You're going to have to take that off, mate. And then that set him off again. So then that team talk turned into another couple of minutes of sort of... <laughs> bit of stand-up. Bit of stand-up again. And I thought, oh, this, uh, yeah, it was just a, a whirlwind day. The game scored. Um, yeah, it was one of those, yeah, well, one of those days where it just, just sticks with you. The whole day, yeah, um, yeah, very memorable, and uh, you know we're talking ten years ago now, which crazy, is scary, really. I can't find it on YouTube, so if anyone is listening, they they have access to it. Just send it, send it my way somehow, so we can have a little look. Uh, but but obviously, two games you got injured, didn't you? And we we know the reason. It's because you were playing four four two. Yeah, so this was goddamn four four two. So four four two. Even now, four four two is almost like I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It's, it's looked down on. I mean, it worked for about a hundred years in, in football, but these days, yeah. So I got got injured in training, not even in a game playing four four two, and it was, uh, yeah. Roberto, I told you, you go there. They play four four two. See what happens. You get injured. <laughs> it's like. Probably a little bit more to it than that, uh, but fair enough. Um, and I, th- I believe that that was <coughs> you then trying to go on loan. It, it worked against you. Look at Joe Allen. He went away. He played four four two, and now he's injured. So, so he blames four four two for you getting injured. So yeah. And then what happened? I probably said it before. Is I wasn't playing, so I wanted to go on loan. And then I'd actually spoke to. Brian Laws, the Sheffield Wednesday manager, is a bit of tapping up going on. I remember being in my kitchen in... Uh, I think we can say it now. In Kanaki, yeah. Uh, and being on the phone with him. So, Swansea... Would we have been in the... Cha- yeah, we would have been in the Championship. Yeah, so, first season, isn't it? Yeah. First season in the Championship. First season, yeah. Well, Sheffield Wednesday, as a club, yeah. established Hillsborough. You know, this history then. Being on the phone, he's saying, listen, big man, I want you to come. I want you to come. We're going to play this way. You're going to be in the team. So I'm going on like websites looking for houses and that, thinking, you know, yeah. going there on loan with a view to a permanent, <clears throat> thinking, oh my God, this is a really nice part of the world. I could live just outside Sheffield, out in the country, beautiful homes. Roberto, nah, wasn't having it, was he? <laughs> hey, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> I do not want you to go to Sheffield Wednesday because they play 442 and it will affect your development. So I'm thinking, oh, so he stopped that, he stopped it from happening. I end up staying for a couple of weeks. Um, FA Cup game against Fulham, my last appearance for Swansea. Usual, we're 1-0 up, so bring on the big guy to tighten things up. 
we end up and we would have played Man United in the next round if we'd won the second uh, the the replay at Craven Cottage. Lose two one, blames me for both goals. Next day, you can go on now. Right, so I end up at Swindon towards uh, fighting relegation in League One. So Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship's gone. Um, yeah. Uh, Gaffer, the only move available to me now because Sheffield Wednesday signed uh, Potter. Is it Darren Potter? Yeah, uh, so they've moved on. Football moves on. Uh, Roberto let me go. The only ones, Swindon, which I had a great time there. Um, yeah, Roberto, it's only Swindon that, that want me. And they play 4 4 2. Yes, you, you can go. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, Roberto. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But 4 4 2, mate. Was this did this uh, was this before the Sergio Busquets comparison or after? That was after, of course, because that was that last game against Fulham. So uh, again, if I'm repeating, I'm not even sorry. This is my podcast. I'll do what I want, and I've come on. <laughs> Jason, Jason Scotland did score one nil up half an hour to go, and uh, you know, come on, let's let's play Man United in the next round. I come on. I think Zamora lost me for a corner, scored a header. I mean. He was, he's really a really good player, Zamora. Yeah, he's lost like so top, underrated. <laughs> top centre halves have been. Oh my a, god, have lost out to him. And then the second goal, you know, Roberto wanted one of the centre midfielders to go and and help the fullback to stop crosses, and so I've got out too late. You know, I'm feeling leggy. I know it's only half an hour, <laughs> but we had a beautiful pre-match at Stamford Bridge. We stayed in a Marco Pierre White. I've had the best scrambled egg I've ever tasted in my life, so it must have been full of cream and butter, and it meant that I was a bit leggy. I couldn't get there to stop the cross, so it was my fault. So that was the end, wasn't it? But before then, hey, Gaffer, why am I not playing? I, you know, I'm on the bench or I'm in the stand. Hey, Owen, I have watched much football in, in Spain. Sergio Brusquets and Yaya Toure, and you are better. And it's like... Gaffer, you've gone too far, mate. I mean, I feel we've been in a similar boat here. What is it with the Barcelona players? Probably the greatest possible team of all time. <laughs> you know, we're getting compared with those players. Stop it. I you think, know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, so Brendan and Roberto. Brendan's had you off. Roberto's <laughs> had me off. But do you know what? In their own minds, I think, not that Roberto would have believed I was... Better than Brusquet and Yaya Torre, obviously, but it, in their minds they justify. It. They think they're building up their player, but there's a line, guys. You can go, you can go too far, can't you? I think it's a technique that works for some, and others probably, probably doesn't. And funnily enough, it's probably been their downfall in terms of Liverpool, Everton, those hard-working, honest people we're talking about that just want it said how it is because they're not stupid. They they know football. You know pretty well in yeah. in comparison to some supporters, and you know Roberto and Brendan tried to blag them. Yeah, no, well it's true. It's the if you have a manager go out in front of you can't win as a manager. I've got sympathy for all managers. I don't. That's why I don't fancy it myself. It's if you go out and say it how it was. You say, you know, you throw the lads under the bus. Say the lads were awful. Um, mistakes have cost us. Um, we've lost to a better team. And it might be a team that reputation is not better. All these things, you out there and say that, and you lose doing that because people will go, well, what are you talking about? Sort it out. You know what I mean? And then you might lose the lads by slagging them off in the press. And then you've got the positive one of, you know, we might have lost today, but the positives were this, you know, this, that, the other. And then, and then yeah, and then you get, you know, you get had off, like we said, for, for doing that. So I just think you can't really win. But I think Liverpool as a city, I think everyone knows they're knowledgeable fans. They're well known for it. Um, yeah, you can't pull the wool over their eyes. They're, they're going to see straight through it. And um, they're certainly not the only managers that yeah have had that sort of issue at those clubs. We're talking here. Let's get out of the way. We're not going to talk current football, but you know we're talking the morning after you've scored the winning goal against Swansea. You know your boyhood club. Mm. You're a wanker, mate. Fuck, yeah. Fuck you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I think that's warranted. That's fair enough. Uh, I think the fact it was offside has really angered people as well. Oh my god! Offside twice by 
offside quite twice. A bit. The initial shot, you're offside, and then the deflection of Phobie, you were still offside. I mean, I knew I was and offside. Not, not think... by a nose. <laughs> not by a nose. Is that? Oh. I mean, if it was by a nose, I'd spend a lot of time offside, wouldn't I? You, you, <laughs> you were, you were th- at least three yards offside, which, I mean... which equates to two noses. <laughs> two of your noses. Well, you can technically score with it, so, I mean, offside is offside. The It's almost, well, it's not comical. Swansea fans certainly won't find it comical, but if you watch me, it's like, oh, well, I'm clearly offside here. I'm just going to finish, try and finish it anyway. Yeah. Even if it just gets me, waste a bit of time to let me get back in. Yeah. And then even when the ball goes in, I look across, to, you know, expecting to see it go up. The flag doesn't go up. Even then... I'm almost saying to the linesman, you sure? This look I'm giving you tells me, I, mean, I know I, I was so offside. so guilty. Like, I know I'm offside, but you've got a better view than me. Um, that's the way it goes. I mean, yeah, I probably needed that goal, in all honesty, and I think Stoke needed it. So, unfortunately, that's the business ones. Uh, this is, this Pe- is what happens. People are talking about the irony of um, you and Ryan Woods playing against Swansea so a Swansea team that maybe not not as much strength and depth as they want and there's a bit of animosity between fans and the club um, how close were you to coming back as you know all sorts of reports you, you you were close and wanted to wanted to go back didn't you yeah so I'll go back now so um, my last season at Liverpool um, I'm not going to cry it in too much but we got to January I started one league game in December. I'd done ten games in a row on the bench as an unused sub. Mm. I think it was fair to say the writing was on the wall. Klopp's first season? Yes. So we got to January. Uh, <clears throat> I spoke to Klopp. Said towards the end, it, probably about ten days from the end of the transfer window and it was, you know, I'd want to leave. And it was, I probably went a bit early with that because it wasn't as if I had options. I just wanted to let him know that can we sort this out mm. and um, and then I remember it was a time of probably a lot of soul searching and anyway I looked at it potential moves you know who might be interested who won't, definitely won't be you know I remember writing an email or a letter or email to my agent explaining that isn't I keep coming back to Swansea that's that's all I really want I want to go home I want to go and play for them if they want me can we can we try and make it happen? And I think Swans, I think Hugh Jenkins, so basically Klopp had said, if we can get someone in, you can go. Um, you know, that was pretty straightforward, but he did say, but we don't have anyone lined up. So if we don't, you stay in. Yeah. So that was the situation. I think Hugh, you know, was interested in, uh, in it. January is always an awkward time for any clubs, I think. You know, most of them have probably done their their, their business in the summer. Um, I think at that at that time, if you look at how my career was going, the value. You know, it probably wouldn't have cost anywhere. It wouldn't have cost maybe as much as it ended up being the summer, only six months later. So anyway, so that was the first January didn't really happen, but Swans had said, let's keep an eye on this. The summer, you know, let's wait for the summer. And then the summer, obviously. The second half of the season at Liverpool went went much better, played more, uh, enjoyed it more, but it was all still, you know, it was almost that that final hurrah really there. I always knew that come the summer, I had a year left on my deal. Um, <laughs> Liverpool had basically, probably a year before, had said, we want to extend your deal, we want to get it sorted. A year later, I hadn't heard anything. Mm. Uh, I think it's fair to say that there was a U-turn on that decision. Um, yeah, so it was a year left in the summer. Finished with Liverpool. Was really gutted. One thing that I really I wanted was a medal. You know what I mean? We had the Capital One final. We had the Europa League final, which were both competitions which I played a lot in and felt you know felt a bit of ownership with how the team had done and and being a part of it. Didn't happen in both finals. Obviously, lost in penalties in one, lost to Sevilla in the other. But even on the pitch in that game, I thought this is it. This is it for me. This is probably my Liverpool career over. And then, 
it was straight to the Euros, and I was keen to get get it done. You know what I mean? Just why wait now? You know, uh, I was hoping again for Swansea. It's ironic this stage. Well, sorry, it was in January. I tell a lie uh, about. I'd said Swansea. I said there was only two other teams which, if they show an interest, I, I would probably be interested in, and they were Stoke and Southampton. Yeah. I thought two, you know, very uh, stable Premier League clubs. I'm hopping on now here. I'll try and wrap it up. But so basically, Swansea. The Euro started. Still nothing from Swansea. And then I think we played the two games. I think it was after the England game. They tabled a bid. Um, the problem was at this point, I'd had two good games in the Euros, and Liverpool as a business, were probably thinking, its values increased now. Yeah. So probably waiting made it more difficult. Um, yeah, and then there was, again, it was, I think, you know, you're getting it second hand, but it probably wasn't that much. It went that far off. But Swansea probably thought, we're not getting the best deal here. Um, we'll wait. And then the Euros happened, the rest is history. And then that was where then Stoke tabled a, a bid, which was higher. Yeah. Liverpool accepted that bid and basically said this is a, until this is matched. You know, we're obviously rejecting all other bids. So, uh, you know, it wasn't as close as people think. I think people think that I I, uh, I could have gone to Swansea and I chose not to or, or, or whatever, but it, it wasn't a case of that. Um, it just didn't quite happen. Liverpool, uh, Swansea, sorry, had the takeover happening at the time. Um you know, there was a lot going on there. They weren't sure, but, you know, who was staying, who was going, the rest of it. And it was all, it was now or never for me, really. So, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Um, yeah, and then obviously signed for Stoke. And despite maybe, by Stoke standards, two disappointing <laughs> seasons as a club, of of uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Do you think there's a, there comes a point, because you ask any footballer, any young footballer, where do you want to go with your career? What's the stock answer? I want to play at the highest level possible. Blah, blah, blah. So does that mean... Well, it's relative to you. So highest level possible for you might be League One. It might be Welsh Premier League. It might be Premier League. But generally, everyone wants to get there. Yeah. And everyone wants to play for a big club. Now, you sample that. Yeah. You get that experience. At the end of it, do you think... You know, there's, there's something to be said about playing for just a normal club. You know, because the pressure, I, I can only imagine at a club like Liverpool is just another level. Yeah, it is. I think. Do you enjoy it less then, and do you miss maybe the a bit more camaraderie oh, yeah. in a different dressing room, whereas at big clubs, it's it's just business. Yeah, no, I think I was spoiled at Swansea. You know what it was like. We had such a good dressing room, such good lads, honest lads. A great story in terms of the rise of the club and the rest of it um and it was also my boyhood club you know what i mean it's yeah you know, that's definitely easier you know it's not easy to break in i wouldn't say but it, it's all i ever knew it was no pressure you know what i mean as a young lad that comes through that's cost nothing that's on low wages it's like well, there's no pressure on me. The pressure's on other other lads or or whatever. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I probably wasn't. You know, my my big regret is, could I have done things di differently? Could I prepared better for for that jump? And I think, well, until I got there, I was never gonna know. Um, but I think if I summarise, I would do it again. That's mm. the big thing for me is uh, a club like Liverpool. I, you know, since since the age of I don't know six or seven, I'd wanted to play for a big team in yeah. the Premier League so when they came calling it it's it was a no-brainer really um, you know you could argue do you wait another season at Swansea get more experience the rest of it but we all know that these opportunities might come around once and that's it uh, but the four years were it didn't go as well as I dreamed obviously you dream of being you know you go to a club at Liverpool at 22 you, you dream of being a key player for 10 years at that club but it, that didn't happen but having said that great experiences you know I had a chance to play Champions League football mm. you know cl 
close to winning the Premier League. It was it was almost the, you know, close but didn't quite get there. You know, lost two finals. Um, yeah, I think the European games. You know, I played, I played at the Bernabeu against Ronaldo, um, Modric, Tony Cruz, and and the rest of it. And you think, well, listen, these are these are the occasions that I'll never forget. And yeah, I do it all again. I think there's an element being a footballer again, whatever level. It's after you finish that you'll fully, you know, although you're still playing and you're appreciating that experience, but when you finish playing and you're maybe four or five years into retirement, and then you think you'll see a game on telly, you'll see Real Madrid, you know, playing against whoever, Barcelona, and you think, oh, I remember that night at that stadium. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. You. I think, yeah, you probably don't realise what you've got until, yeah, you do get that bit older and and you also think it's it's forever, don't you? Yeah. I think, you you know, recently it's really hit me that, wow, you know, it's, it's a few years, touch wood, hopefully, I've still got, but they're going to come and go and, uh, yeah, you don't know if you're going to have those, you know, those sort of occasions. That might be it, that might be... They might be the only ones that you look back on. Um, yeah, so you've got to try and re- you've got to try and keep perspective and just remember how special it is, how lucky we are. There we go, half time. Decided uh, in a similar vein to the Chris Gunter and Neil Taylor ones, we just split them in half. They go on for too long. Give you guys a little bit of a break. So hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, the first part of the Joe Allen conversation. Please download the next. Spread the word. Tell a friend. Get on to part two of the Longman's Football World. <laughs>